Gosh, the technology issues. Good morning, everyone. We're <laughs> live on Arts for the Health of It. I'm Richard Wilmore. I'm Catherine Partisini. And I'm Amy Latta. Yay! Amy's back. <laughs> everyone remembers Amy from the last time she was here because she keeps making amazing things and publishing amazing books. And so I keep begging her to come on. And she so nicely says yes every single time. So thank you, Amy. Of course. I'm so happy to be here. Amy has a, the best well thought out book that everyone needs to get for themselves for people in their lives and it's called doodle everything and it's right there 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 <laughs> amy tell everybody about this book and who you think this book is for sure so this is doodle everything like you said and the idea behind it is we just wanted to have some fun with drawing um, I am an artist and author, of course, and I go around the country virtually and in person teaching workshops. I do a lot of hand lettering and modern calligraphy, and I also do doodles and embellishments and things that go with it. And one of the most common things that I always hear from people in these workshops is, well, I can't draw. And I, it makes me so sad because when you work with kids, kids always think that they can draw anything and everything and they make these wonderful masterpieces and you know and then somewhere along the way we lose our confidence and decide oh well some people are artists and some people are not and I'm not and that honestly it breaks my heart because all of us are created to create it's so good for us in every way and when we just decide that we're not any good at it and we don't do it, then we're missing out on so many benefits for ourselves and for others. So the idea behind this was that it's to show everyone, you asked who this book is for, literally everyone, anybody from, you know, small kids that just like to draw all the way up to my great, no, my husband's grandmother, my kid's great grandmother, who is 101, has wow. a copy of this. And so... It's for all ages, all ability levels, because what I do is I take these fun little doodles and I break them down step by step into just simple shapes. And, you know, there's not too much going on in between steps because I hate it when you look at a tutorial and it goes from this to this. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure that the, the steps are very logical and clear and literally anybody, as long as you can draw simple shapes, even not perfect shapes, because I can't draw a perfect circle either. But, you know, we're just breaking things down into really small baby steps so that you can create these cute little whimsical pictures. And I think the fact that they are just doodles gives us the freedom that they don't have to be perfect. This is not how to draw a realistic portrait by Amy Latta because you don't want me writing that book. I can't draw a realistic person to save my life, but I can draw a flamingo inner tube and I can draw a fun little football and I can draw a cupcake for a birthday card and a little bird, or I can draw things for gift tags and handmade cards and they're fun and they're cute. They're not perfect, but I like to create them. And the idea is that hopefully I can share that with you. Oh, I'll go because <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay. Sorry. Um, it's great because they, the steps are so simple. And um, I remember as a kid, 
like that's one of the reasons I started to draw is because I would find the little comic section and there was always a how to draw like one of the characters and it was step yes. by step like that and it made it very accessible and fun um and like like your your drawings are they're so fun and they're stylized and I think the way you break it down gives people a chance to add their own stylization mm -hmm. to it as well which um is really cool Yes. And, you know, of course, you can color things any way you want. You can make them your own. And when I was um, coming up with the steps, you know, I would draw out the steps that made sense to me. And then I tested them on my kids and on my mm. husband. And I would say, you know, especially for the more complicated ones, like some of the animals and things, I would say, okay, I need somebody to draw this giraffe. And then you know, they would draw it and either they would come back and they would have a giraffe and say, look, I did it. Or they, my one son, Noah, was really great about being like, you know, mama, I got it, but I got a little confused between this one and this one. Can you break it down more? I think too much is going on. So I actually got some really good feedback from them and it made the book even better. They that's were your so beta smart. testers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, and that's what I love about this book is that it's not like super kid centric where it's like, yeah. here, give your kid something to draw. Like as an adult, you feel like you're actually accomplishing something uh, with this book. And you said something when you were talking earlier, you said we were created to create. And I love that. And I want to know kind of when you realized that. Well, I feel like, you know, as a child, I loved creating all different kinds of things. And my mom was, um, well, she still is, you know, she's actually here today before I hopped on here, we were quilting together. And so, you know, it's always been a huge part of my life. She taught me how to sew and how uh, to do all kinds of different crafty things. And then uh, as I grew up, I just never wanted to let go of that. And, um, you know, I feel like it's such an essential part of who we are and who we're made to be. And the people who don't think that just haven't found the ways to express their creativity mm. yet, or they don't recognize it when they are doing it. Because um, I know Richard, you and I talked before about my creativity journal, Practice Makes Progress. And in there, I encourage you to explore things, you know, in all different ways. Maybe it's wood carving for you, or maybe it's cooking for you. Like my husband doesn't consider himself an artist with pen and paper, but he loves to play around in the kitchen. He likes to create from scratch recipes and adapt them and things. That is not my gift, but <laughs> that's how he expresses his creativity. You know, my dad was in construction and, you know, he would build things with brick and stone. And, you know, sometimes it had to be a certain way, but when he got to do a fireplace or a sidewalk, you get to explore it in different ways. And, you know, I feel like all of us have certain ways that we're able to um, really express that creativity and we just have to find out what they are. Mm. Well, I mean, you've done it. You've made a career out of it. And I, I, I like, I'm so not, I don't want to say jealous. I'm just so like proud of you that you've been able to, to do that, find what you love in the creative field and then actually like do it and to do it so well. And, uh, to find ways to also then teach other people, I think is amazing. Yeah, teaching is definitely my favorite part. Um, I was a school teacher back in my <laughs> previous life. And so I feel like those skills and that desire to um, help other people to learn and succeed never really goes away. I am constantly getting emails and comments on the website and stuff from people who 
they want to buy the things that I make. And I'm like, no, I, I don't sell them. That's not what this is about. Like I'm creating for myself or for gifts or whatever, but my goal is to teach you to make it, not to buy mine. I want you to make your own. <laughs> and mm-hmm. So um, it's definitely, that's at the heart of everything I do. Um, whether I, it's the books that I'm writing, it's the lifestyle TV show segments that I'm doing, the workshops I'm teaching, uh, the blog, blog posts I'm putting up and the patterns and traceables and all the things, you know, it's so that you can take it and um, turn it into whatever you want it to be. Do you dream in doodles at this point? <laughs> I don't think so, but if okay. I do, I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> that would be that'd be kind of yeah. Can you imagine? That'd be so fun. Like your own little cartoon dreams. I mean, you and I feel like with this book, Doodle Everything, you've thought of everything. And I, I messaged you uh once I got it in the mail. Like it's even designed where like it lays flat. So like yeah. you don't have to worry like about trying to do it and keep the page open Mm -hmm. like that's such a smart idea when someone's trying to learn like that yes we um years ago when the first of my hand lettering books came out that was something uh we choose special paper that works best with your markers and we also make sure that it lays flat and my publisher page street is very very good about that um they they do craft books cookbooks and coloring books And so because of their coloring book experience, then when we actually worked together for my first one, Hand Lettering for Relaxation, they were like, you know, this is a lot like one of our coloring books, except that you're learning how to create your own designs and then color them in. So the format that we used for those would work really well because those are designed to work well with, you know, art supplies with your markers and your crayons and colored pencils and all those things and to lay flat while you're working. So since it's a workbook, we really want it to be accessible and not something that drives you crazy when you're trying to work in it. That's so smart. What is something like when you have, when you interact with people that say like, I'm not an artist or I'm not creative, and then you start teaching them um, some of this process, how, how does that go? Like once they finish a drawing, like what, what is that interaction like? Is there kind of like maybe um, like a light bulb, like, oh, maybe I, <laughs> maybe I do know yeah. how to draw a little bit or what is that like? Yeah, the light bulb moments are my favorite. And um, it happens with the lettering because people are real intimidated by that too. And then they realize how simple it can be. And the same with the doodles, you know, you get people who say they can't, and then you break it down into the simple steps and they just kind of glow (laughs) because they have this thing and they want to show everybody. And it's really fun because then they're turning to the person next to them and look at the ice cream cone I just drew. Look at this. This is my favorite thing, you know, and, and they're sort of um, telling everybody else about it. And it, it just, it's really exciting to see how proud of themselves they get when they do something that they didn't think they could do. Mm-hmm. And um, like, for me, I think my favorite was my husband. I've got a, a hippo doodle in here. I probably can't find it at the, the moment, but oh, there he is. Um, so this is in the zoo section. And my husband <laughs> just thought it was adorable, thought it was the funniest thing. Um, And so when he was choosing some doodles to test out, once the book came out, this was what he picked. And he sat down and actually took his time and went and, you know, he has terrible handwriting and is not an artist, you know, would tell you that he couldn't draw anything. And his hippo looked just like mine and he colored it and, 
you know, he got so excited because I didn't know he was doing it. And he ran downstairs and he's like, <laughs> I have something to show you. <laughs> and he holds up this paper with the hippo in the mud, you know, and he's like, look, I made this. Oh, that's so, <laughs> so cool. We're, you know, going to get a frame for it. And we're going <laughs> to put it um, up in the house because he just, he's so excited that he actually did it and could create it. And and the idea then that he could turn it into something is really fun too, because I think the other light bulb moment is people realize, okay, I can do this. And then there's this moment where they're like, oh, the things I could do with this. Like, it's not just I'm doodling on a random piece of paper, but all of a sudden I could make someone a card. I could decorate a gift bag. I could draw something and frame it and give it as a gift. I could you know, make a gift tag for something. And so when you start realizing that, okay, it's not just something I can do just, okay, look, I did this, but I could give it away or, you know, I can display it. And then it takes on this whole other level of, I could do that. <laughs> it's just so fun to watch them realize the possibilities. Uh, yes, you took all the words out of my, out of my mouth. Cause well, I think one of the things I said to you was like, it makes you you not only give out like the energy that like, that makes you confident that like, I can, like, I think I can do this. And then you do it and you're like, oh my gosh, I did do it. Like there's that entire like full circle moment with all of, all of your, all of your books that just kind of makes you feel like you did it on your own, even though you're getting step-by-step -step instruction. Is that kind of how you form all of your books? I'm curious kind of, because a lot of your books uh, before these two were, were similar in a way, right? Like they were all hand lettering books. Um, and now you're sort of venturing off into other things. Like when you're thinking of a book concept, is that what's, what's first in mind for you when you're, when you're coming up with ideas for books? Well, the first book, um, what happened with that was I had just started hand lettering myself. I was pretty new to it. I hadn't even been doing it for like, I guess I'd been doing it for like a year and a half maybe, uh, which was probably nowhere near the expertise I should have had to write the book. But what happened- But the was, confidence was there and that's all that matters. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> the desire was there. Yes. Um, and so what was happening honestly was uh, hand lettering was just exploding in popularity because people were starting to see it on Pinterest and you know, it was kind of the artistic community's response to everything going so digital and being all about graphic design and fonts. And, you know, there was this group of artists who kind of um, grassrootsy were like, we're not going to lose handwriting. Like kids aren't getting taught cursive and what's going to happen. We're going to lose the art of handwriting. So let's bring it back. Um, but we knew that kind of the metal tip, hard nib pen, calligraphy pen, like People are intimidated by that. It's not necessarily something people see as a modern art form. We think of, you know, like olden times, people doing calligraphy, and it's not so much a, a today thing. So this modern calligraphy with the brush pens became like the new thing, this hand lettering, um, where we're doing it in um, a slightly different way with a different tool, but, you know, it's, it's basically calligraphy. And so um, we, people started doing that as a way to bring handwriting back as an art. And I got sucked in, just really loved it, taught myself how to do it. Like I would look at examples online and figure out like, okay, how, where's the thick part? How do they do that? And so I had a website at the time um, 
it was one artsy mama. It's since become Amy Latta creations because it used to be a lot of kids crafts and things that I was doing with my son. But of course my kids are teenagers now they, <laughs> they're doing their thing. Um, and so it switched over to a lot more of my own art. And as I started to share about the hand lettering, like I was learning it. And then I was just like immediately like putting it out there. Like, this is what I learned. You try it. I learned this, you try it. And what I found was not a lot of people were doing that at the time. And the only people who were teaching it were kind of teaching it to artists. They weren't mm -hmm. teaching it to Joe on the street. They weren't trying to break it down in a way that literally anyone could understand it. Or maybe they were, but it just wasn't translating that way. Um, and regular people who wanted to try it were like, a what now? What's a downstroke? What's a, I don't, I'm lost. And so I tried to take my teaching background and break everything down into those little pieces, same as the doodle book, you know, just a tiny bite-sized digestible chunks where like I can easily go from this to this to this and I can create something. And people really resonated with it. And all of a sudden my website just got this whole new following of people who wanted to learn this art. And it just gained traction. And so when I approached Page Street about doing the book, they had found a lot of success in the adult coloring books and they were like, this is a logical next step. And they knew they were smart enough to see that it was an up and coming trend and that it was gonna do really well. Uh, so they partnered with me and we were able to create that first book. Um, and then after that, we kept trying to think about, you know, what else can we offer um, that people are going to be really excited about. And so the next one we did for kids because we got a lot of response where people were doing the first book with their kids or kids were stealing their book and trying to do it. So we made one that was designed just for the kids. Um, and then a lot of what comes next, the publisher is looking at trends and what's going on, you know, and they looked at my um, Instagram, which is a lot of just funny quotes that I hand letter and people really resonate with those. Um, the everyday jokes, the Alexa do my laundry kind of jokes, you know, where we're all, we think they're funny because they're real, it's real life. And so we did a book about the hand lettering, but people were learning to letter these funny quotes. Um, and then I really was passionate about doing one for Bible journaling, because that's another reason that people like to do the hand lettering, another way that they use it. So we did hand lettering for faith, and we did one off the page, um, because I was getting tons of questions on my website and in my workshops about, okay, I've learned how to do this on paper. How do I do it on a wooden sign? How do I do it on my phone case? How do I do it on clothing? And so that book goes into kind of taking it on to different services, like what tools do you need? What kind of marker or how do I do it with thread? Um, and then after that, like, honestly, <laughs> several books ago, I personally wanted to do a departure from just the lettering. Like I wanted to share more than that and just speak to other creatives because I know there's a limited audience of people who are interested in the lettering, lots of them, but you know, there's, there's also a lot of creatives where that's just not their jam. And so I wanted to put something <laughs> out there. <laughs> I have great admiration for hand people that hand letter because it's, <laughs> it's an involved process. So it's not as bad as you think. I <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm already judging, judging. That's for another day. <laughs> lettering in 10 minutes, but until then, um, so I wanted to put something out that was for all creatives and spoke to, you know, people who do create by cooking and by writing poetry and by performing music and things. So that's where the journal came in. I really wanted to do the guided journal 
they just explored creativity as a whole and kind of encouraged and uplifted and motivated just all creative types. And then the doodle book um, was actually, the publisher came to me and said, we feel like there's a market out there for a doodle book and we think you're the person to write it. And I was like, cool, let's do it. <laughs> so um, that one was probably the most fun to create, honestly, because I just got to draw. <laughs> I just got mm -hmm. to make these 400 plus images and um, just, I had so much fun and I would like finish a little character and I would text it to my mom and my best friend and the kids. And I'd be like, look at my hippo, look at my cow, look at, <laughs> look at the unicorn. And um, it was just a lot of fun to create. How long did it take you to create the book? Mm, good question. Um, on my end, probably three or four months. And wow. then it goes into the editing process and then it'll come back to me and I have to do um, content edits and then they do the like grammar edit stuff. And then, um, and then I always get really mad because they take out my Oxford commas. <laughs> the teacher in her comes out again. I will fight until the day I die for the Oxford comma. But um, yeah, so. <laughs> that should be a hand lettered somewhere. Yep. Oh, I know. I know. Um, I actually did letter a design that said long live the Oxford comma. And I, I put it in the like the foil machine, you know, and made it all gold foiled and That's framed so it. so funny. Uh, so. But yeah, <laughs> uh. and then after the editing, it goes to be printed and, and I don't have anything else to do with it. So it, it usually takes at least a year before the book actually, you know, hits shelves and gets into people's hands and stuff. It makes me crazy. Like on the movies when they're like, oh, I'm writing this book. And then all of a sudden it's here. You know, like, yeah, no, that's not, not real life. Book. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a year to a year and a half process before that actually happens. I mean, maybe self-publishing is different. I don't know. But if you're if you're following the system, that's about the amount of time it takes. Wow. Um, what are you going to teach us how to doodle today? I'm excited to learn something. So um, how many doodles do you think we have time for? What do you think? I don't know. It depends on how long this thing takes me to attempt to do at a decent. Uh, <laughs> so it looks decent. So okay. we'll see. Okay. Sounds good. So I was thinking, you know, we're headed into the holiday season, of course, and I love to make personalized cards and gift tags and things. So I wanted to look at a couple of seasonal things um, that I could teach you how to do so that you can do the same thing and jazz up your gift tags and things like that. So the book is actually organized in sections based on where you would find the things that you're drawing. So like there's a whole section in the beginning that's in the garden. And then you've got under the sea and that's where my fun little crab and the jellyfish live and that kind of thing. There's at the zoo. So I wanted to look today at the in the snow and also at the holidays sections because that's where we're going to find things that we can put on our Christmas gift tags. Uh, so I wanted to start with the snowflakes because these are actually super simple to doodle. And like we were saying earlier, a really good one for putting your own personal spin on because there are so many ways that you can customize them. So when we doodle, what I would suggest is that you always want to doodle in pencil first, and then you're going to go back and trace it with a fine tip black marker, and then you're going to color it in. And the reason for that is because when we doodle in pencil, the pressure is off. It is totally okay if we make a mistake because we can fix it. And sometimes some doodles are going to require that you have to erase something um, in order to get the finished thing. So like, for example, if I were drawing a piece of pumpkin pie, 
So I'm going to draw my pie here just to show you this example. And so if I'm drawing and I got my crust here, I want to put a blob of whipped cream on top. So what's going to happen is see how my whipped cream is crossing over the line of my pie. If I did that with marker, there's nothing I can do about it. But now I can go back and get rid of my line and then trace everything. And I have a really nice doodle. So that's another good reason why I like to pencil things in first, because sometimes there's like a layering that happens and we want to get rid of those extra lines. Does that kind of make sense? hundred yes. percent. Yes. Yes. Okay. All things so, I would not have thought about. Okay. <laughs> So the first thing that we're going to do to make our snowflake is we're just going to draw an X and it can be as big or small as you want it to be. We're just making an X and then we're going to draw another line across through the center of our X. And now we're going to draw a little circle in the center and you can fill that in or you can leave it open if you want, but that's going to be the center of our snowflake. Now we're going to take, everybody can make a V, right? We're going to draw a V on the end of each of our lines. Super simple. We're just making a V. And then we're going to come a little further down. And again, this is where you get to personalize it. You can bring it as far down as you want. And we're making a second V. And then we're just going to draw some circles in that empty open space like that. So we're drawing the target symbol there in the middle. And that gives us one of our snowflakes. So now that we've sketched it, we can take a fine liner. So I'm using Tombow Mono drawing pens, but Sakura Microns are basically the same thing or Faber-Castle makes a similar pen, but it's just these fine line markers. Um, and they come in all different sizes. This is the 08, so it's like the thickest one, but they go all the way down to an 01 if you want real fine details. And I'm just going to trace over my pencil lines. And if you're not exactly on your pencil line, it's totally fine. The pencil lines were just your sketch to guide you a little bit. And we're tracing. We've got our circle in the center. We've got our circles here. And again, don't worry about making a perfect circle because no one can. <laughs> so <laughs> yours isn't, mine's not. It's fine. These are, the point is that they're doodles. They're not graphically produced. They're not made by a machine or a computer. They're made by our hands. And there is a snowflake. Oh, I made mine with a colored pencil. That's fine. This is what happened. I started with a black one and then I was like, no, I want it to be blue. Oh, and so we there. just you have a snowflake. There. Done. Yes. Catherine, what did you do? There. Yeah. See you, <laughs> yes, and then you can add all kinds of details to it as well so like if you want to go back and you want to put some dots in here you can do that kind of fill in your spaces you can put a dot or a circle above your v and the snowflakes are so fun because in real life we know that no two snowflakes are alike and so when we doodle them it's the same way. Each one is going to be individual and unique, and that's what we want. And then there's another version of a snowflake that I put in here just to give you another idea for what you can do. For this one, I'm actually going to draw mine with the marker so you can see it a little better as I draw. Uh, but we're going to make our X again, which is a good place to start. And then we're just going to put a cross or a plus sign 
through it. And that's going to give us our branches of the snowflake. So just an X and a plus. And then on the end of each one, we're going to draw a little circle. And you could color it if you want, or I left mine open and then I colored it in blue later. And that's just a way that you can add a little pop of color to it. Or honestly, um, you could use any color that you like. Right now, all the colorful trees and the colorful snowflakes are very, very popular for Christmas stuff. Um, I just was making a quilt out of some fabric that has colorful snowflakes all over it. So they don't have to be blue. They don't have to be white. It can be anything you want. Then we're going to come in and we're just going to draw shorter lines in between each of our longer lines like that. And that's just gonna give our snowflake a little burst in the middle. And then I put a little dot at the end of each of those lines. And that's all there is to it. And that gives us a snowflake that looks totally different. All it is is lines. It's X's, it's pluses, it's circles and dots. And then you have these fun little whimsical snowflakes that you can put on your cards. You could put these on an envelope if you're addressing your Christmas cards. Um, if you're making gift tags, you know, you can really easily just take a piece of cardstock, punch it or cut it out, and then you write the name, put a little snowflake or two, and it's going to be really personalized. That's so sweet. That's amazing. It, it, I think there's just so much, um, like these are obviously really fun to make, um, really simple shapes and lines. Uh, but it's, I feel like what you're really doing with this, Amy, is it's a confidence builder. Like you're just <laughs> building the confidence in people to, um, if they're starting from the beginning, like they just, they've never drawn before or it's been years and years. Um, I just, there's something really special about that. Yeah, I mean, anybody can do this. And it's just, it's so fun when you realize that you did do it. And some of these might be things that you drew when you were a kid. Maybe you used to draw those little snowflakes in your notebook in school. And, you know, it's, um, we can still enjoy doing that as adults and we can find useful things to do with them, which is right. a lot of fun. Yeah. What was the most difficult one that you had to conquer while you were making this book? Do you remember? Yes. <laughs> so, i'm still having dreams about that right. too. Yeah. some of them were terrible but what was what's interesting right is that some of these doodles came to mind immediately for me because they were things that i've been drawing since i was a kid so like for example where did they go um the snowman i have been drawing the same exact snowman since i was in i don't know second grade like this snowman is if you look back at any of my old doodles he's he's been the one forever he's you featured know? yeah um and you know you can like i said do variations i created a whole little snow family here but like i have been making that drawing since i can remember learning how to pick up a pencil and there's other ones in here too where like you know i've been doodling a tree the same way and and all of that and um but then you, you know, as I was talking with the publisher and we're like, okay, we need to draw things, um, other things that, you know, you might not have thought of because we needed 400 ideas. Draw a seahorse. I'm like, what? You want? <laughs> and so like, there's just these things that I had literally never attempted. I've never in my life had occasion to doodle a seahorse. And so I had to really think about, okay, well, what does it actually look like? And you pointed out earlier that a lot of they're stylized all of these you know if you look at them their faces have like the same kind of 
look to them and they just have a certain style that, you know, I, it's a whimsical, fun, cutesy kind of look. Um, and so how do I take what a seahorse looks like and turn it into my particular stylized thing? Um, so that, I guess for me, that was one of the biggest challenges. And then, because one of the things that I do was I would look and do sort of an image search for like cartoon seahorse or cartoon octopus or whatever it was, and look at like, what have other people done? What's out there? You know, how can I cartoonize this? But like, I obviously am not looking to copy someone else's work. So like, how do I translate it into a doodle that's not too similar to something else that's already out there that someone else has created? How do I make this my own? Um, so, he, so he was a little booger, but I do <laughs> like the way he turned out. <laughs> it's super I, cute. When I first got the book, I looked for an elephant, which you had, and then coffee. And I was like, okay, those two things are, and I think you also have like a coffee cart, right? I do. I have. Yeah. So um, I was like, salt, I'm here for it. Yep. 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 Well, you know, you and I share that affinity for coffee. Yes. Um, there's actually it's like an entire section for coffee. Here yep. for <laughs> coffee. Oh, it's a, oh, I was going to say, what category is this yes. in? It has yes. its own, I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is, and these were actually some of the first doodles I created for the book because that's what I always doodle is coffee. So we did, you know, the hot cup, the cold cup, the frap cup, and then awesome. <laughs> we did coffee mug, tea, uh, coffee pot. Here's the little cafe. And then, of course, the coffee beans, bag full of coffee, and then like the little table and chairs. And then um, also, I have a good friend who drinks tea. And so she is like, what about the tea people? So, <laughs> tea people, but it's still at the coffee shop. And <laughs> we did the little teapot, the tea kettle, the lemon slice. And then, of course, you have your little snacks that you would find at the coffee shop as well, your croissant. So everything and anything that you would find at your local favorite spot. It's such a, like, brilliantly thought out book with also, like, some twists in there of, like, oh, I didn't know I, like, the lemon slice. Like, who would think of that while they're doing all of it? And they're like, oh, duh, I would, of course, need a lemon slice for my tea. So I just... I love the entire thing. It's such a great idea, Amy. Thank you. The hardest part was figuring out how to organize it. I bet. Because <laughs> you just have so many doodles. And in the end, like this was the only thing that made sense to me was putting them in categories for where you would find them in life. And mm-hmm. then we would have these weird overlaps because I have one that's like at a party and that is, I think that's back farther, um, you know, and so you have that's where I did like the banners and things um, because one of the most popular embellishments when I do my lettering classes is like banners like these that you can write in and that kind of stuff. So I wanted to have a place to include those. I'm like, are we going to do that? So at the party, <laughs> but of course, then like a cupcake could also be at the party. So, you know, in the end it's like, okay, where, where are we going to put that? But that's why we have an index. So in the back, if you're looking for something, like when you went looking for an elephant or looking for coffee, then you can come to the back and find where it is. And that way, you know, even if it's not in the section that kind of made sense in your head, then you can find where it is. Yeah, because Richard's elephant would be at the coffee shop. Yeah, I mean, it would be everywhere. It would be, (laughs) yes, it would be at the party, at the coffee shop, under the Christmas tree. Yes. Everywhere. Everywhere. (laughs) 
eating that pie 100 yes yes exactly yeah this is the at home and so that's where the cat and the dog are it's where and the elephant is that kind of stuff your vase of flowers and yeah kind of that was sort of a catch-all category was the at home i think we could have probably done a lot more there but it's so fun. I could like sit here and do these all day with you. Like they're just so it's relaxing, but it's also exciting to like see how it's going to turn out and make it your own. It's such a great book. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> what, what is the best way for people to connect with you, um, to find your book? Tell us, tell our listeners how they can find you. Of course. So I have a website, amylattacreations.com, and at the website, you can find all kinds of goodies. And one of the things that I try to do is outside of the books themselves, pretty much everything I offer as content on the website and stuff is free. Um, I know I personally get really frustrated when I'm looking for stuff, and then there's always a paywall. Mm -hmm. Like when I'm looking for quilt patterns, because that's my new obsession right now, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to pay $12 to learn how to do that, you know? <laughs> And of course, I'm the one that's always like, well, I can figure that out. <laughs> I, I don't need to pay for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I end up going and paying $12 anyway. But um, I have on my website, there's across the top, there's a bar, a menu bar that will take you to um, all kinds of things. Um, I don't have a ton of the doodles on there at the moment, but I do have the hand lettering free printables and practice pages. Um, I also have tons of other project tutorials, um, all kinds of crafting things for the holidays, ideas that you can make, DIY gifts, um, DIY home decor. Um, the holidays are my favorite time to craft. So right now I've got like um, some little turkey place cards up that are really cute and a thankful pumpkin idea and lots of things. Um, and so I also have a heading on there for my books. So you can click on my books and you can see information. Um, this is number seven. So you can see information about all seven books and, you know, figure out which ones are the ones that are best for you to start with. And, you know, if you have somebody in your life that you think would enjoy being gifted, you can pick the best one just based on the descriptions and things like that and little previews of the inside. And you can find the books. Um, fortunately, I am distributed by Macmillan, um, which is a big name in publishing. So you can find these basically everywhere that books are sold. You can find them at Amazon, of course. Uh, you can also find them in store and online at Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, um, BookDepository.com. For anyone who might be listening outside of the U.S., BookDepository.com has free worldwide shipping. So if you are in awesome. another country and you would like this, but you don't want to pay exorbitant shipping fees, Book Depository is the place for you. Um, you can also find some of my books in store at Hobby Lobby, Joanne Fabrics. Um, so some of the craft stores have picked them up. Um, and you can find them online at target.com, walmart.com. So basically everywhere books, are everywhere <laughs> independent bookstore. Don't forget them this holiday season. Yeah. Do you, I, I mean, Amy has thought of everything clearly, um, including how you can get it in another country. Do you ever go in to a store? Have you ever signed your books in a store? All the time. How does that feel when you first did it? Or if it still feels like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is my life. The <laughs> yeah. The first time was pretty overwhelming to see it on the shelf in Barnes and Noble. I was like, what is happening right now? That was, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty amazing. Um, and Barnes and Noble, they're really cool because if you take your book up to them at the customer service station and you're like, hey, I'm the author, they, they ask to see your license, which makes sense. So you're not just like randomly signing other people's books. 
um, and they verify your identity and then you can sign it. And then they put a special sticker on it that says signed by the author or whatever. Um, and then they'll just put it in a like special spot and people know that it's a signed copy, which is cool. So I like to do that. Um, I've had interesting reactions other places, like when I would go in like to Hobby Lobby or something, like they kind of don't know what to do with you. <laughs> and so what I like to do is I just always carry a pen with me and I'll just like stealth sign. I wait until nobody's looking. That is and then so I just, like, funny. Sign. And then I will often share on my Instagram, I'll like post in my Instagram stories, hey, I'm at the such and such, because like, I'll do it when we go on vacation to Myrtle Beach, I'll be in the, you know, North Myrtle Beach Hobby Lobby off of Kings Highway, you know, and I'll just be like, hey, signed copy. <laughs> and so then if anybody's in the area, they know that it's there. I love like a little treasure hunt. Yeah. So That's if so you ever funny. pick up a copy in the store, check and see if it's autographed. It's yes. <laughs> that was my, I used to work at uh, Borders bookstore back in the day. Oh, and that me was my, too. You did? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're so old, Richard. <laughs> We're so similar, which is very scary uh, for <laughs> you probably. But uh, my favorite thing was when authors would come in and you'd get to meet them and talk to them yeah. and, and they'd sign it and, a little crowd would oh it was so fun was really, so, yeah, I'm so I glad you like do that bookstores are prepared for that and they're very excited about it really yes. jazzed to meet the author and they'll take your picture and do whatever you know and promote it and and that's fun and then I feel like other stores where books aren't like the thing they sell when you're like hi I wrote this book that you have in your marker section and they're just like what <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we sold books. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna be the, you're gonna be the one to change that entire process. Yeah. You watch; they're gonna start having stickers there. It'll be a it'll be an entire be thing. Amazing. Yeah, I just start packaging your book with the markers and the sketchbook and yeah. everything. I just keep waiting for someone to yell at me and be like, "Why are you writing?" Why, that yeah, book? you have to buy that book. I made the book. Okay. Leave me alone. I just added value to this book. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> oh. Amy, this is I, so fun. I know I could talk to you all day and I told you that we will we'll only take 30 minutes of your time, but here we are. So I'm going to let you go, but I would love, I want to hear more at some point about your new quilting adventure. Oh my gosh. And so I know you're coming up with some great stuff. If you don't follow her on Facebook and Instagram, make sure you do. And uh, there there's, she's constantly putting out content and it's so fun to watch and um, dream that I could do it, which I can if you get the you books. Can. I promise. Yes. <laughs> Doodle Everything is the new book. Yes. But I this have is, to say, quilting yeah. has been so exciting for me because I'm on the opposite end this time. I'm the person who said I can't. Mm. Because anytime people would ask me, you know, what kind of crafts do you do, I would always say everything but quilt. Because to me, it always seemed like you had to be so precise and perfect, which I'm not. And you had to do a lot of math that I don't want to do. And so I always felt like that was the one like unattainable thing. And I partnered with Missouri Star Quilt Company to teach people how to letter and doodle with their, their fabric markers on things that they could put onto their quilts and how, you know, you could make these really special projects that incorporate your own handwriting. And I, so I went out there to film some videos with them and we made a deal. Like, I'll teach you to do this if you teach me how to do what you do. And they did. And they did exactly what I usually try to do, which is break it down as simple as possible. The person that taught me, Liz, was fantastic. And she was like, okay, now sew a straight line. I can do that. And I feel like it's so much simpler than I thought it was. And again, like then I'm in that light bulb moment where I'm like, 
I can make all the things. And so now <laughs> that's what I'm doing is like, I'm just going out and like, I'm trying to quilt literally everything. Um, and so it's kind of been really fun for me to be on the flip side of the process and be that person that I usually am trying to reach out to. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'll learn something that way. Exactly. About how to do it. There's a great photo that she shared of her dog, one of her dogs oh sitting gosh, yes, on the pattern of her quilt on the floor and it's just oh. like real life <laughs> real life yes i was trying to lay it out all the pieces and he just like <laughs> right she has a beautiful studio and then a dog sitting on her <laughs> on her um on her pattern so it happens yeah. to everyone it sure does especially when you have a puppy yes and i'll say this a million times until it happens but whoever needs to hear this that amy needs her own show uh to teach all of us how to do all the amazing yes. things she's learning i'm just saying throwing that out there she'll, one day and then she'll stop coming on our show because she'll be too busy making her own untrue amy lotta thank you so much again for stopping and uh hanging out with us again yeah, anytime anytime you're doing something awesome which you always do please come back and teach us how to do it my pleasure Thanks, Amy. Make sure you are uh, subscribing wherever you're watching or listening to this and make sure you keep creating everyone. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Arts for the Health Fit. This episode is produced by Hearts Need Art, creative support for patients and caregivers and hosted by Richard Wilmore and Catherine Parsini. You can support the show and help others learn about the healing power of the arts by visiting heartsneedart.org. The views expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Hearts Need Art, their staff, board members, or other affiliates. All content is created for informational purposes only. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice or to diagnose and treat any health condition. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in speaking because of something you've heard on this podcast.